Okay, well, actually, be there during the day. So if you can get there during the day, yeah, that'd even be more helpful. So it's coming in that morning there. But if you can, if you can help out with that, please let Michael know. Uh, that is this Tuesday there. We'll have the chipper there to get all those piles from all those trees we took down. So that's going to be taking place. But I certainly appreciate him. It's good to have them back here. And uh, good to see them. I appreciate such a faithful man over the years. And I appreciate his willing heart to head out to Uniclete. Anyhow, I'll have Michael come. Why don't you come and preach, brother? All right, well, good evening, and uh, it's a blessing to be in the house of God tonight. No place I'd rather be uh, than to be in God's house with God's people um, when they're gathered together. And so uh, we're excited to be back, uh, give a short testimony the other, I think, last Sunday night about our travels a little bit. Um, there's many, many things I could say. Uh, we're excited to get back, though. We had great, uh, great meetings at churches. We were in a new church every week, pretty much, uh, all across uh, many of the states, from West Coast to East Coast, and uh, met a lot of a lot of committed Christians, a lot of uh, uh, some struggling churches, but committed Christians, and it, that was encouraging to see uh, that there are many. We're not the only ones, and uh, there are still people. Uh, there are still churches sending missionaries, still uh, still serving faithfully in their local churches, soul winning, and, and that's always encouragement. Uh, now we are uh, we are back for the summer. We are uh, in in the process of getting ready to go to Uniclete this uh, this coming. Uh, probably going to be actually October by the time we full, we get really full time out there. Um, things have been developing over the last um, uh, since about February. Uh, Brother Pat McCoy. Uh, who's been out there for 15 plus years, uh, starting that work. Uh, our plan was to work with him uh, over the over the next couple of years until the Lord showed us exactly where to go. Uh, it is looking like they are going to be leaving Unoclete um, in the near future, uh, and so he asked us, of course, if we would step in and take over that ministry full time. And uh, so that's what we have had peace about. We talked to Pastor McGovern, and uh, we're we're excited. Uh, I believe the Lord, as we've as we've seen it all unfold, we've seen the Lord's hand uh, just working. First time I went to Uniclete was 2006, I believe. A uh, few of you guys were out there uh, building the addition onto the church. Uh, it was just a house where the McCoys lived, and we added about, I don't know, 20 foot by 12 foot wide addition for the church. And, uh, and so it's, it's neat to see how the Lord allowed me to be uh, part of that back then, and then now even the Lord's been developing it and having us go out there and take over that work. And so pray for us. We're excited about it, but there's a lot to do in the, in the meantime to get ready. Uh, we do. We are still praying about some support coming in. Still, we're we're definitely up to about 60, 65 percent. So that's a blessing. A lot of support coming in. I uh, pray that that continues. We do have a lot of churches that are praying about uh, continuing you know, starting supporting us. So that's a blessing. And uh, but we just covet your prayers. We look forward to this summer. The camp ministry will be a part of that this year, uh, at least at least another year in the capacity of camp director, and then as the Lord leads throughout the next years. Now, um, I did want to did want to mention because many of you all prayed for us, uh, supported us through the time of the motorhome accident, and uh, I'll, I'll just up, update you a little bit on that. But February third, we were uh, was an eventful day in our lives. We were we were leaving uh, Gulfport, Mississippi. We were going west. We were going to go through all the way through Louisiana in one day, spend that night in uh, Baytown, Texas. And uh, we had no plans of stopping in Louisiana. Um, the, that morning we got up, 
everything went very smoothly that morning. <laughs> that should be an indication. Uh, if your morning goes smoothly, you better look out because something's about to happen. Uh, that, that morning, we, we got in gas. We, we headed down the, down the highway. And about, I think it was about 1.30 in the afternoon, we were crossing over I-55. Uh, we're on I-12 in Louisiana, heading over I-55. And uh, it, it was raining a little bit. The roads were a little bit wet. Um, I had a, a semi-trailer on my left. Uh, we are in the right lane, and a truck comes out of the on-ramp and wants to get in front of us. And, and you know, they only give you about, it seems like, 100 feet to get on. And so at that point, she sees that she doesn't have much time, so she accelerates very quickly, and her, her, her truck begins to fishtail right next to us. And as, as she does that, her truck hits the guardrail, comes right over in front of us, and we had nowhere else to go but to rear under. Um, we had just filled up fuel, 80 gallons of fuel, uh, pulling a van. There was no way stopping. And as we hit that truck in front of us, uh, we, had, we had drifted over slightly. A semi-truck passed us, took off our left mirror, uh, took paint off the left side of our motorhome, uh, broke some of the windshield. And the blessing through all that, again, um, Amanda had just gotten up and was walking to the back of the RV when we hit that truck. And uh, I can, <laughs> Father, I was thinking the, the unseen hand um, of God was upon that and just completely covered us with grace. Nobody was hurt, um, n- not the girl that we hit. Um, I really think if we would not have hit that truck, she would have gone over and gotten just killed by that tractor trailer is, is my uh, is my thoughts. But anyway, the Lord blessed through all that. And as as every good missionary does when they get in trouble, they call their pastor. And so uh, we we called Pastor McGovern uh, not too long and I said, hey, do you know of any churches? And uh, there was uh, a few that he gave me a number for. Uh, actually, Pastor Rusty Silvertooth, I called him. And uh, he, has, he was in the process of resigning the church, so he said he was not able at that time to help us. He gave me a number, though, for a pastor just about 30 miles north of where we were. Um, and so I called that pastor, Bob Simpson, and he said, uh, we have a three-bedroom missions house, and why don't you just come on up, and we'll put you up in that house. And it turns out we stayed there for over three weeks because of the insurance process and everything. And so God had it all taken care of. He, he, just, he, uh, he gave us meetings through that time, that month that we were there. We lost some meetings in Texas. We had just as many meetings come up in Louisiana and uh, two supporting churches through that. And uh, again, God's hand just guiding us through all that. And, uh, but I just want to th- say thank you again, church, for all that you've done, prayed for us. Um, supported us through all that, and um, it, it's only by God's protection, grace, that we made it those many miles. Um, all right. Well, tonight, thank you, Pastor, for letting us uh, let me stand up and preach. I always uh, take that very seriously. Uh, if you would take your Bibles to Joshua chapter three, uh, I knew exactly uh, where I was going to go when Pastor asked me this, this after this morning's service. I have been in Joshua three for probably almost three weeks or two weeks. Uh, one of those things that the Lord had put a thought in my mind, and I just I kept going back to it, kept going back. And this message has kind of come from that, uh, that time of, of contemplation and meditation on this passage. But I've always, I've always loved the, the passage of the Jordan River crossing. Uh, and that's what we'll be looking at tonight. Uh, I just want to look at some lessons, some lessons... I call it at the banks of Jordan. Some lessons that we can learn 
at the banks of Jordan. You know, the, the crossing of the Jordan River for the Israelites many times is portrayed as the um, you know, crossing over into uh, Abula land. Uh, you know, we hear a lot of songs and uh, talking about you know, going from this life to the next life. Uh, but many times, if you study it, uh, I, think, I think what you really see is a picture of, of, of the crossing of Jordan as a, uh, a Christian living the victorious Christian life. Uh, passing over from those, those wilderness wanderings, the, the Israelites wandered for 40 years, and they are now going to cross over that, that border, that boundary, into what God had originally wanted them to do. Uh, God had wanted them to go into the promised land, but their fathers had not, uh, had not gone. They, they lost faith in God, they, they disobeyed God, they, they did not go through. And, and you can see in their lives that they did not make that next step to become victorious Christians and walk with God. And now their children are faced with the same thing, and they, they do go across. They cross Jordan, and God gives them the land, and, and he gives them great victories. But as I was thinking about this, this, uh, this passage, you know, I think we can think of it in our lives as um, many times we stand at that place, uh, at the banks of Jordan. We are standing at the place of uh, the, the, the wandering in the wilderness behind us. We, we, we see God's will ahead of us, but we see a great obstacle be, between here and there. Uh, we see that God wants us to cross, but we don't see a way, we don't know how, uh, and that's exactly where God wants us. He wants us in that place where our dependency has to be upon Him, and the children of Israel are about to cross over, they're about to possess the land that God promised them. Um, what I want to see here is three things, uh, three key things, I believe, in the, uh, in the Christian's life, in living the victorious Christian life. Three things, uh, I think just three key things. There's many things that we could look at. Uh, but these three things were key for the Israelites to cross over, and I believe key for us to live a Christ, uh, victorious Christian life. You know, God doesn't want us to live in defeat. He doesn't want us to live in the wilderness, wandering around for 40 years, wasting our lives. He wants us to cross over into what His will is for our lives. Uh, and you think, of, you think of all the wasted years that, that the, the children of Israel had because they did not possess what God had already given them. They did not go over, over Jordan. So I want to look at this quickly, and then we'll get into more so of uh, the, the miracle that happened and things like that. But first of all, I believe it, takes, uh, it simply takes faith in God uh, to live the Christian life, the victorious Christian life. Look in verse, uh, look in verse number 4, if you will. Uh, and uh, did, did we read through this yet? I don't, know if, I don't think we did. Let's just start reading in verse uh, 1 of chapter 3. Uh, I meant to read the whole chapter before we got started. Uh, let's go ahead and read verse 1. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after, uh, after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this, 
uh, you have not passed this way heretofore. And, and again, the Israelites were at a place that they have never they had never came before. Uh, and we can apply that to our lives. When we come to that Jordan Jordan River crossing, we're at a place that we've never been before, uh, a place that we've never crossed before. And that is where we need God's direction, God's wisdom, and His, His power in our lives. But in verse 5 it says, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day uh, will I magnify, uh, will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living uh, God is among you, and that he will, he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Habites, and the Perizzites, and the Gershites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take ye twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth, that's the second time he uses that phrase, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon in heap. Now, uh, in verse 14, it says, And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of Jordan, uh, or the brim of water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. We see that the, the Jordan River was also uh, at a flood stage when they crossed. In verse 16, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up, upon an heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And many times we, uh, we don't think of the magnitude of this miracle. Um, it says that the waters stood up and rose up upon an heap very far from the city of Adam. As much as I can research, whatnot, that they speculate that could have been as much as 20 miles uh, back to this city, that's the city that's referred to here, uh, it could have been as much as 20 miles that this, this water backed up or, or rose. Because uh, God, God basically dammed that river up and he caused the waters to stop. You know, he could have just said, told the river just to stop flowing. But I don't think he did. I think he stopped the waters and I think the waters came up. And it says that the waters rose up upon a heap. And then... It says in the end of verse 16 uh, that they went down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off. And you think of all that water below as it flowed down. uh, You know, even even the salt sea could have been affected. Uh, You know, if you were standing on the edge of the the, the sea there, uh, you might have seen the water going down that day. Uh, I mean, this was a massive, massive miracle that God performed this day. And... uh, and, and as I said before, it was going to take, uh, it was going to take great faith 
for the children of Israel to cross from this side to the other side. Um, and so it is in our life when we come across those Jordan crossings. But anyway, back to my first point. It takes faith in God, first of all, to live a victorious Christian life. Um, we know that uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 11.6, I'll turn there because I, I don't want to misquote it. We know that Hebrews 11.6 uh, says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, everything we do must be about faith. Uh, faith in God and faith that God can perform the impossible in our life. Uh, it takes faith to cross over where you have never gone. Remember in verse 4, in verse four it says, For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Alright? You know, we... We've crossed some places over the last year. You've crossed some places that you've never crossed before. Um, you, you've faced situations in your life that you said, I've never crossed this one before. I've never seen this before. Uh, guess what? The, the Israelites were at that place in their life. They were at the banks of the Jordan River. They have never crossed this way before. And, and God was about to do a great miracle. It takes the eyes of faith to, to go over to the other side. But I want to I want to pinpoint several things um, as I look at verse uh, as I look at verse four. It says, "Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may uh, that ye may know the way by which ye must go." Uh, you know, so God told the Israelites specifically, "Don't don't get too close to the Ark of the Covenant." Uh, you go after it, but don't don't get too close. He says uh, two thousand cubits, which, if I was thinking right, I think it's about three thousand feet. I think uh, that's a long ways. So you think of you think of all these people standing back, and I think part of that reason was that God wanted everybody to see what was going to happen. Uh, you know, if there was people crowding up to the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the people in the back may not have seen what God was doing. God wanted all the attention on that Ark. He wanted the attention on that on the priest that was bearing that Ark uh, for this miracle to take place. Uh, but I also see that it says in verse 4, Yet there shall be a space between you and it. You know, I, I thought immediately, I thought, you know, we have to give, we need to give God the space to work in our life. Um, we need, sometimes we crowd, crowd up too close and say, push God maybe a little bit too hard and say, maybe, is this what you want? Is this what you want? You know, the, the thing is, is God wants to do a great thing in our lives, but he wants us to stand back and, and, and all eyes on him. And he wants to, us to see his mag, the magnitude of the miracle in our eyes. And we see that the people were to stand back and see this take place. Uh, and then, and then verse uh, again in verse four, he said, "You've not passed this way before. You're going to need faith to go go across this Jordan." There was faith for the Levites to rest their foot in the Jordan. You know, it took faith for the Levites bearing the ark to step out, and it was when the sole of their foot was on the water that God was going to perform this miracle. Uh, you know. I thought of I thought of these these Israelites the generation before they never gave God that opportunity to work they didn't give God the space to let God part the waters they never even tried to cross uh, they could have 
the previous generation could have seen this great miracle, but they lost faith in God. They lost faith in what God could do. And they never saw the Jordan River part uh, in, their, in their own generation. Uh, I think there's a great lesson for us. You know, for, for us, for the next generation, don't, don't limit God. Uh, you know, we know that Jesus in the, in the New Testament there, he said he wanted to do great things among these, these towns and villages, but he didn't because of their lack of faith. And uh, I'm afraid many times that we don't give God the space uh, to work uh, in our lives. So we must first have faith in God. But second of all, it takes obedience. It takes obedience. Uh, isn't it amazing how obedience is always right behind faith? <laughs> it's like, you see faith and obedience is going to be right behind. It's going to be right tied in with faith. Uh, you know, you can have great faith, but if it's not followed by obedience, uh, it, it, it's not going to have the feet that it needs uh, to, to, to go further and cross over that, that river uh, in verse 3, look at verse 3 with me. It says, and they commanded, and this is the officers, it says, and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. That, that phrase, and go after it, caught my attention. You know, they had to, uh, they had to get up out of their place. <laughs> They they were they were camped there. It said they were camped at the at the place where they were going to cross. But all the officers came through and said, "Listen, when you see when you see the ark, when they lift that ark and start moving, you need to get up and go. Uh, don't lag behind. Don't uh, don't sit down and wait. You know, many of them many times we want to sit back and wait and see what God's going to do before we get up and move. No, God wanted them to get up as soon as the ark was moving. And and there there's a great picture here, I believe, because uh, I think we can see uh, that the ark is a, is a type of Christ in, in many ways in the scriptures because the, the camp of Israel was always, everything was built around that ark. Um, everything, everybody moved and breathed around that ark. Um, and the Christian's life is to be centered on Christ. Uh, it, it's, to be, it's to be focused on Christ. And when that ark was picked up to move, the people's eyes should have been on it. They needed to follow that. And, and as, as Christians, we need that same obedience. It says when, when the ark uh, was to be bared up, they were to remove from their place and go after it. Listen, we need the obedience when God says to get up and go, to get up and go. We need the obedience when we look into God's word and God says, do this and this. We need to be able to get up and go. And, and put, put feet to our, our faith that God has given us. Um, all, those, all those people mentioned in Hebrews 11, those people that God did great things in their life, the hall of faith, you know, they all had faith in God followed by obedience. Didn't, Noah had faith in God to build the ark, and then he followed up by obedience in actually building the ark and, and doing it exactly the way God had told them to do it. Obedience is key to the victorious Christian life. Uh, and it was, a, it was a key thing for the, the Israelites here when they crossed over Jordan. Um, the ark also represented God's presence and his power. The, God's presence and his power was, was something that the ark always represented uh, to the Israelites. Uh, again, that ark was so important to what, what their, their encampment would be around it. And guess what? It was going to take God's presence and his power to cross Jordan. Uh, 
Notice it wasn't, it wasn't Joshua taking off across Jordan and saying, all right, everybody follow me. It was the Levites. It was God's men uh, uh, taking, that, that, uh, taking that Ark of the Covenant and stepping out in faith. Uh, that's a picture of us following God's presence, God's power. If we try to go across Jordan on our own power, uh, we're going to fail. We're going to fail big time. And we have to have God's presence and His power when it comes to crossing Jordan. So first of all, we need faith to cross Jordan. And second of all, we need obedience. Um, thirdly, I want you to look, look in verse, um, verse 5. Because I believe it takes sanctification to live the victorious Christian life. It takes sanctification to live the Christian life. Uh, in verse 5 it says, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I think it's interesting here that, that this is brought out because, again, this is key to our victorious Christian life, to live a sanctified life. You know, you mentioned sanctification in a lot of churches. It's, uh, it's frowned on. Uh, it's, it's not a popular topic. But I want to remind us of just one definition of, uh, from Webster's 1828. Part of the definition of, of sanctification, it, it is to cleanse from corruption. Uh, to cleanse from corruption, to purify from sin, to make holy by detaching from the, uh, detaching from the affections, uh, or detaching the affections from the world and its defilements. It's to cleanse from corruption, to, to purify from sin, to make holy. Uh, we are to be a holy people. Uh, we're to be sanctified or set apart for God's service. Uh, the people here, uh, Joshua said, listen, God wants to do great things among us tomorrow, but we need to start today by sanctification. We need to set ourselves apart, set aside the sin that so easily besets us, set aside, uh, set aside that, 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 that those evil thoughts, we need to sanctify ourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among us. Um, John seventeen seventeen, Jesus prayed to the Father. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's prayer for us, his, his desire for us, is to be sanctified by the word of God and to be set apart for his service. Uh, don't, try to cross, don't try to cross Jordan with sin in your life. Um, you know, many times I think some of our, our big failures is because we try to take a long sin with us and we try to do something with harboring sin in our life and that, that was actually getting ready to take place because you remember the man named Achan. Uh, they're getting ready to cross Jordan and their first battle, uh, well, their first victory that God is going to do is Jericho. And the man Jake, uh, Achan, he, he saw that garment the, was it the gold, silver? And he, he hid it away, and guess what? They went to fight Ai, and it was a complete failure. Complete, complete failure. Because somebody didn't sanctify themselves. And I, I fear that many times we don't take it serious enough to sanctify ourselves from sin in our life, to, to see the victories uh, that God wants to do in our lives. So sanctify, set apart. We need to be set apart for God's purpose. So I believe it takes those three things uh, at a minimum to live a, a victorious Christian life. But I want to I finish up by this. What was the purpose, the purpose for a Jordan crossing? What is the purpose for a Jordan crossing in our lives? Um, you know, why, why do we come across these obstacles in our life 
And, and number one, I believe, I believe it is because, uh, look in verse 7, it affirms God's man. It affirms God's man. In verse 7 it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I mag- uh, begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. The people needed to believe in, in Joshua in the sense that God put Joshua there for them. You know, God, God has always had his man for his purpose, for his certain time. And it's so important that God affirm that through, uh, through this event that was about to take place. And one of the reasons for this Jordan crossing was that God was going to affirm that Joshua was the man. Uh, Joshua was the man. It was already, Joshua was already a man of faith because he had crossed before. He was one of the spies that went into, into Jericho and into the Promised Land. Um, but the people needed to believe that he was the man. And, and second of all, it confirms God's presence. Look in verse 10. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Havites and the Perizzites and the Gershites and the rest of the ites. Um, and so... God wanted to confirm to them that day that he was among them. And I want to say to you, church family, God wants to, uh, he wants to confirm his presence with us today. He wants us to know that his presence is real. He wants us to know that he is, he is not going to leave us or forsake us. Uh, but it, it's going to take some faith, obedience, sanctification to, to cross that Jordan. Uh, and number three, and lastly... It establishes a memorial for the next generation. And when Brother Butler gave his, his testimony tonight, I was, I was thinking about this, uh, and it's Memorial Day. You remember the story here as you go into chapter 4. In fact, look at chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. We know that, the, that God had commanded Joshua to, uh, to have 12 men take 12 stones upon their shoulder, take it across Jordan, and set up a, a monument, a memorial uh, for Israel. And that, in verse 6 it says, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And these stones of remembrance of a memorial was more so for the next generations beyond them uh, to look back and see the great work that God did that day. Now, I want, I want you to see something in Judges real quick. Judges chapter 6. Uh, I want you to see this in the life of Gideon real quick. So we, we know that these stones were for the next generation. I want you to jump forward to uh, Judges, Judges chapter 6 and then we'll be done. You remember, you remember Gideon. Gideon was—he uh, was just a simple, simple man. He was—he was—he uh, was trying to put away food because they were in famine because of the uh, the the um, uh, the army that had come and taken the food. The uh, Midianites, uh, Israel was in captivity, uh, or basically in, in in hiding because of the situation. But look in verse look in verse six. Uh, I'm sorry, verse uh, thirteen. This is right after the angel came to Gideon. Uh, in verse 13, 
Gideon is responding to the angel. He says, And Gideon said unto him, the angel, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all these miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And I've, I've read that verse and just about wept because I thought of my own children and I thought what Brother Butler was saying, what are they going to say in 40 years from now? Um, you know, Gideon, according to what Gideon said, he was, I believe he was born into a time uh, where they hadn't seen God work for a long time. Um, it said that in the previous chapter that, uh, that they, were, they were delivered and then Israel was given 40 years of rest. 40 years of rest. And in that 40 years, Israel had become apathetic. Uh, they went to other gods. They, they went to serving other gods. Uh, you know, persecution is not the danger of the church. It's prosperity. Prosperity is what we need to be concerned about because it's in those years of rest that we our hearts tender to tend to wander away from God. And now we see Gideon in this situation of saying, if God is for us, where be all the miracles? Where be all the things that our fathers talked about? And I, I am fearful for my children because I don't want that for my children. I want, to, I want my children to see God working in my life. I want, I, want God, I want God to do great things in my generation so that the generations after uh, will, will know that God is the God of miracles. And as we think about that tonight, you know, what is, what is the Jordan crossing that you're up against? Um, you know, we, we're getting ready to, uh, this, later this year, we're, we're going to be moving out to Unicleet. Um, it's, it's a way we've never gone before. We've never passed this way before. This is a new step. Um, it's, it's going to take faith. It's going to take obedience. It's going to take sanctifying ourselves for God's purpose. But I guarantee that every one of us here tonight has some area of our life that God wants us to put our foot on Jordan. He wants us to rest our foot on the waters in that next step of obedience. And I don't know what that is for you. Um, maybe God's been dealing with your heart about about something, about, about taking the next step in your Christian walk. And whatever that is, I encourage you tonight, just step out. Step out in faith. Put your foot on the waters and let God show you his great works. Let's go ahead and pray and then pastor will have you close. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement. We see that you are a God of miracles. Um, Father, you, you want to work miracles. We just have to step out and, and, put, and rest our foot in Jordan, Lord. Uh, rest our feet in your promises that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, Father, please use this tonight in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith, obedience, and sanctification. Boy, are they, they certainly are keys to the, to the Christian life, to that victorious Christian life. And so what is it? He finished up with that statement. What is that Jordan River in your life? What is it that you need to cross over to have that victorious Christian life, which is exactly where God wants you? Um, and there's, and it takes faith. You can see with Gideon when he continues on. If he would, continued on there when Gideon had made that had made that statement, the, the Lord was going to let him know. He almost gave the same statement that he gives to Joshua. I'm going to, I'm going to, based on faith of Gideon, that God would use him in such a way that they would know that God delivered him. And that's where God, of course, takes it down to just 300 men that He's going to use to deliver them out of the hand of the Midianites, so that they would know God did this. 
And by the way, have those times in, the family, in your family where, where your children can see. This is what God did. Not what we did, not what you did, but this is what God did. Have those memorials set up so that they can see. Listen, God is real. This isn't abstract. This just, just isn't just a Sunday religion that we have, but that it's all about God. And God will honor that. So what is that Jordan in your life? What, which is it? The, what, what, and again, it's going to take that faith. It's going to take obedience. And you brought up and made a great statement. Don't bring the sin with you. This is not going to work. You'll find those waters crumbling around you pretty quick. And uh, I appreciate that. All right, let's all stand to our feet. If the Lord worked on your heart, we certainly want you to come and pray. Page number 571. Turn to page 571. If you need to come and pray, you come and pray.